0: myself to it but when a when an, someone in the art world says she's really an artist's artist you know it's oh, like, what yeah. the fuck does that mean do right. you mean that she doesn't sell work an artist's lover yeah. for trying you know what i mean
1: the views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artists and by no means do we encourage
2: or condone violence against law officials Oh, it's for you. It's for you.
0: Hi, and welcome to Blue Cheese with me, Ebony L. Haynes. Blue Cheese is a limited podcast series where I invite a friend/slash artist to respond to this prompt. Name a song that you currently have on repeat or one of your regular playlist go-tos. That song is the catalyst for a very fun, casual, unscripted conversation that leads to wherever it leads to. Joining me on this episode is Nikita Gale, an artist who currently lives and works in LA. And Nikita's episode is brought to you by Rain On Me by Lady Gaga, featuring Ariana Grande. In this episode, we talk about Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Shaka Khan, Whitney Houston, uh the term audiencing and much more. Uh and here's a clip. And please welcome uh, Nikita Gale. Nikita, thank you for joining me.
2: Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: this is I'm excited. Ex- me too. I, um, yeah. you know, I picked a few artists to be a part of this limited series podcast, but they're all people, you know, no offense to people I didn't ask if you're listening, but... Um, People that I've had really great conversations with about art and music a lot, yeah. you know, and yeah. people who I recognize try to merge the two in their creative and professional lives. So I'm really excited that you were um, able to participate. Yeah, no. And I was really excited to get the
2: the invitation for me.
0: So <laughs> Nikita's um prompt slash song of choice pr- slash today's episode is brought to you by rain on me by lady gaga and ariana grande and i have to admit i'd never heard the song before you listed it i don't know if i should be embarrassed about that i feel after it even better right i mean even after better. looking at the like you know the youtube views which i think were like 60 million or something crazy i'm 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 okay. guessing but i remember it was huge um yeah. i was like oh i haven't heard the song that's crazy <laughs> um so i was listening to it for about a week and one thing i kept rem- trying to remind myself to mention to you is it has this vibe about it that makes you want to walk different like you'll never be late where you're oh, if you're yeah. listening to the song you know like you mm-hmm. you want to walk on beat and you get right. to the train on time um
2: got that, that weird Swedish efficient production something about the beat can you, can you see me I can't I see oh connection I have a weird connection I can't
0: see you but why don't we um do audio? audio yeah Okay. I'll call you right back. Hi. So. Is that better? Yes. Just like every um, attempt I do, we should just stick (laughs) to audio. But I I just want to see my guests so much. Um, It's so funny that you mention that Swedish sound because I wanted to. I, I was thinking about that particular genre of song and music and Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. and it feels very pop in a way that I don't even have to question what pop is. Yet right. it also still sounds yeah. kind of nostalgic and I was thinking of like Dave Guetta, or if that's how you is that how do you pronounce his name again? What's that guy's name? I think so I guess I've never said the name aloud. <laughs> I don't think I have either. I've never heard anyone
2: say the name. This might be the first time I've ever heard someone.
0: I feel so say silly now
2: his name
0: out loud um, but you know what I mean um, yeah I know what you mean and, okay. you, and you mentioned that kind of Swedish sound and I was thinking of Avicii mm-hmm. too oh
2: yeah and yeah. you know the crazy thing about like the thing about this album that is so kind of mind blowing to me is the fact that there's just so many combos There's so many combinations of, like, previous iterations of pop that are in the song. So with, like, Brain On Me specifically, there's, like... I mean, not even specifically. Each track seems to have, like, five different producers who are all major, major producers who just make platinum records every time they go into the studio. So... Yeah, there's this one song that has, like, the guys who worked on, like, the guy who did Hit Me Baby One More Time, like, a bunch of Britney Spears people. Um, and it's just nuts because you hear these songs and you just don't question what they're supposed to be. You know, you're just like, oh, this is, this is almost like an auto-generated pop song
0: truly really wild. It is wild and it's it's also yeah. wild that even in the the kind of production styles and cues you've listed nobody gets called out for really following a kind of recipe. It's not frowned upon, mm-hmm. is it? I mean, yeah. that was almost the refreshing part yeah. of listening to the song. I'm like, okay, yeah. oh yeah, this is it. I know this sound. <laughs> I know this sound. Yeah, you're
2: like yeah it's weirdly like i think you said nostalgic early earlier yeah it's like weirdly familiar which is part of the success i think
0: it's just the familiarity i mean are you yeah you are you a lady gaga fan in general i you know i I saw you for a a moment earlier you are wearing lady gaga merch
2: I'm wearing Lady Gaga merch. I'm wearing Chromatica merch, <laughs> the most recent album. And I, uh, about two or three years ago, I was never like I've never been a huge, um, there's crazy. background noise right now. There's like a um, a cart, like a taco cart or something, going by. It's okay. Honking. I can't hear Maybe. it. You can't hear it now. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, I have some Gaga merch. Wearing my Chromatica sweatshirt. Dogs are so loud. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry.
0: Don't okay, apologize. Johnny, it's totally noise, fine.
2: If there's a noise that's really, really annoying, just let me know. No,
0: it's, it sounds totally read. fine.
2: Okay, great. Um, yes, I'm wearing some Gaga merch right now. I'm wearing um, a pretty understated sweatshirt that just has a Chromatica logo on it, which is the title of Lady Gaga's most recent album. Mm -hmm. But I you know, I was never a huge Lady Gaga fan because I always um, I think for a while I took up that kind of attitude that a lot of art people had towards Lady Gaga, which was that she was just sort of siphoning and ripping off uh, um, people like Matthew Barney and Orla you know, whoever,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so I was just kind of like vaguely interested in her in terms of, you know, the fact that she was maybe referencing me avant-garde art practices or something, but anyway, that's all to just say, I was not ever like a huge Gaga fan, I wasn't really paying attention to her, her music, I think the one song that I cared about was, um, that telephone song. It was the,
0: the duet
2: with Beyonce. Beyonce.
1: Hello, hello, baby, you called. I can't hear a thing. I have got no service in the club. You say, say, what, well, well, what did you say? Oh, you're breaking up on me. Sorry, I cannot hear you. I'm kind of busy. Okay.
0: the video
2: is just so the video is so wild i highly recommend watching that video it has held up pretty well over time it's so freaky um it's great but anyway back to the gaga fandom so about three years ago i got really sick and i just didn't know what was wrong with me like I got really sick I won't go into into too much detail about it but I was sick in a way that was completely stress related and I was just bedridden for
1: like Mm. two weeks
2: and this was 2017 like the end of 2017 and I had just gotten back from I think I had taken like a really brutal like not even full fully 48 hour trip to London and I got back to LA and it was almost like as soon as the plane landed. I was just sick. Um, and so in those two weeks when I was in bed, I watched the Lady Gaga Netflix documentary, five foot two.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was really, I don't even know what prompted me to, to watch this documentary. I think I was just starting to do more research around pop music at that point. And, um, I was really struck by how much the documentary goes into her disability and her illness because she has fibromyalgia.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So she's just in chronic pain. And she also broke her hip. So there's, like, you know, these scenes of her performing and preparing to perform or working in the studio. And then between those scenes are these scenes occur, like, going to different doctors, like, having all this work done to her body just to maintain her health, or her ability to perform. And so, yeah, there was just something really striking to me about that aspect of her career as an artist, like, this real kind of focus or necessity around maintaining her body. Um, yeah, so that's that's sort of where like a, a deep appreciation and fascination with Lady Gaga started. Like when I got sick and was just relating really hard to to seeing her kind of managing illness in this documentary.
0: That's a very pure relationship to her. I mean, I yeah, I I feel like I I yeah. only know her
2: from you know recent fame i
0: mean i i kind of have this uh, quiet respect for her as a songwriter because i really appreciate that she's worked with so many musicians it's sort of like when people say that phrase that i actually really despise i feel like it's lazy so i don't know why i'm I'm associating it myself to (laughs) it but when someone in the art world says she's really an artist's artist You know, what the fuck does that mean? Do you mean that she doesn't sell work (laughs) and artists love her for trying? You know what I mean? Referring back to Lady Gaga, I did always appreciate that she has worked with so many great artists before even having her first album as a songwriter and sort of appreciating this true skill that she has. And like you said, I mean, the girl can make a hit, you know, I mean she knows what it takes and she has the actual skill and voice and you know her 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 skill with melody and hooks and it's just she's a genius Mm -hmm. um I'm not saying you know I hope I don't offend any Lady Gaga fans I'm not a huge fan of the music but I'm definitely a fan of the process
2: right yeah I think that's the, the same for me like because one of the reasons, you know, I never got super into her was because the songs just weren't. I didn't love the songs. I never heard a song. I was like, oh man, I have to just listen to this on repeat per week. You know, I mm-hmm. never had that experience with the music. Um, and part of it is just because that sound, like the aesthetic of that that kind of pop music, it just feels like um something's being sold to me or I'm being told already like how to respond because of the packaging. And uh I think lots of people are just instantly repelled by that. Like when you feel like you're you're being sold something. Um but also there's this I mean, yeah, there's an aspect to her work that's really uh like admirable. Like, she has this, she has this, um, stipulation where she refuses to lip sync
0: mm. because she feels like it's, it's, um, disrespectful to her audience to lip sync. Yeah, you see, and, it's those, it's those little things.
2: Yeah, it's those little things where you're like, wow, like, this is really, um, it feels like it's really related to the ideas that I have. In my own work around performance and liveness, you questioning, like, what constitutes a performance. Uh, in a marketplace where recordings are often, like, the, the primary source through which we receive or encounter um, performances, musical performances. And so, yeah, it's like those little moments that actually become these interesting points of departure for me yeah it's been it's been cool to spend time with Gaga and also the new album just reminds me of that movie have you seen this movie Box Lux that came out like two years ago
1: Mm, Box Box Lunch
2: directed by Box Lux no no it wasn't in theaters for very long um, but it was directed by this guy Brady Corbet, who is an actor who's recently started making films. Um, but it's a really dark character study of a pop star who essentially when she's in high school she's a victim of a mass shooting at school Mm -hmm. and then she sings the song that she wrote to commemorate the victims of the shooting. And then a bunch of music agents, like, approach her about recording a pop album. And then she becomes this huge pop star played by Natalie Portman. Um, and then her, her music is later used by... Uh, or, like, an outfit she wore in a video is used by these terrorists, like, 10 years later. It's a really wild film. Um, but it's really good. I would recommend it.
1: But oh, anyway, something
2: about the... This- chromatic album that reminds me of I don't know it just reminds me of this like dark like the dark side of pop mm. um, because all the songs in the album are really fucked up too they're about like depression shit but they sound really good
0: that's so that's such a crazy combo um yeah but so yeah. interesting in the pop genre of I mean its I almost feel like is it possible some people are not really paying attention to the lyrics, sometimes, and just yeah. and Absolutely. just vi- like bobbing out to the pop BPM mm-hmm. beat, poppy BPM.
2: Yeah, yeah. because, You know, I was listening to "Rain on Me" for a couple weeks before I really paid attention to the lyrics, and to be honest, I didn't really like the song.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know why I was. I think it just kept popping up on my autoplay. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just, like, that's the thing with music, right? There's always sort of, like, multiple mediums that are converging with pop music because there's, like, the production and then the lyrics, the lyrics, also the context. You know, there's plenty of songs that, if I'm in a club or something, I fucking love, but I can't stand to
0: hear them just playing on my headphones. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about yeah. Rain on Me though. I got to say, girl, I was like, this song, really? This is a song that you can <laughs> keep listening to. But then, of course, by yeah. day 3, like I said, I I wanted to remember the sentiment and this this experience mm-hmm. I was having where I noticed I was walking with more pep in my step when it came on. <laughs> Really funny. It's and and it's maybe really that's funny. that's what it is. Like it's not. I I don't really feel a connection to the lyrics. I don't. I'm not a fan of Ariana Grande mm-hmm. necessarily or Lady Gaga. But yeah, it was. Yeah. it, it yeah. became a, a mood. Um,
2: yeah.
0: You know when it's you're t- definitely a mood when you're talking about yeah. um, like the dark side of pop. I this isn't fully related, but the segue seems like it's planned, but it's really not. I swear. I, Because my brain, I thought of Whitney Houston. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's why I was like, maybe I shouldn't yeah. go there because it feels too close. But I mean, it, this is actually where my mind went. And yeah. talking about somebody who's talented like Lady Gaga and suffering sure. behind closed doors. But I mean, Whitney Houston was also the same in terms of the standard of lip syncing and talent just pure talent and the ability to recognize how to make a hit you know and clive davis saw that Mm -hmm. but talk about Mm -hmm. the dark side i mean that whitney documentary i mean i yeah it's hard to watch yeah
2: i mean i watched it i remember watching that documentary on the plane
0: me too I watched it on a plane alone too. I was just going to say that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was just like, I was crying. I was near the, like, where was I? I was like, I remember just crying. I remember the flight not being super full either, being happy about that. Um, But yeah, it's a really um, heartbreaking documentary because what you see, and the thing about Lady Gaga that maybe I find so intriguing is that she, she, feels to me like a survivor. Like, mm-hmm. she avoided, um, you know, like, the worst possible consequence of working in the industry. But, yeah, like, the thing that's so kind of striking about that distinction, I think, is obviously, like, you know, the differences in the sort of infrastructures that someone like Lady Gaga got has is the one that Whitney Houston has. I mean, the obvious distinction is that uh, Whitney Houston is a black woman, a woman of mm-hmm. color, mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga is <laughs> white. Um, but, like, there are, I mean, beyond that, it's sort of it becomes a question of just the kinds of support systems that artists are able to build for themselves or, like, given the space and resources to build for themselves. Um, and, like, to some extent, that comes down to just, I don't know, luck of who you have as family, um, and a support system, but also maybe just the kind of education that you get from that support system in terms of, like, being able to maintain a sense of self or take care of yourself and not be taken advantage of.
1: Mm. Um,
2: and so, yeah, like, just I think the the circumstances surrounding Whitney Houston's death were so unfortunate because it's like, you know, she's in the midst of her comeback moment, and she's dealing with addiction, which is a very difficult thing to deal with, I know, as somebody who's been sober now for almost 11 years, but it's, like, um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really hard one, because, again, like, I think this idea of dissonance comes Mm. up, like, the way I was talking about dissonance with the Gaga album, in terms of, it's, like, she's still doing the job, you know, like, the, the aesthetic and the sound of the songs are still, like, it's still pop music, but the lyrics are, like, You know, I'd rather be dry, but at least I'm alive. That's not, like, a very uplifting lyric. Like, things suck. They can be shittier, but things are not ideal. And so um, there's something about that distance and then thinking about the distance between, like, Whitney's talent and her potential and what she inspired in others and the reality of her life.
1: Yeah. Um
2: and the sort of, like, struggle she was having with her body. You know, it's like a struggle against your body and your brain. It's like your mind is your enemy when you're dealing with addiction. Um, Like, I had someone say to me recently, um, like, as an addict, your your ego will try to literally kill you. It doesn't care. It doesn't realize that it's it, it needs your body to survive
0: mm. um, and yeah that's my that's oh my man rant. i feel speechless I at the saying, moment no it's it's really interesting to listen to actually um yeah i also appreciate you being candid yeah. about that relationship to addiction and yeah, yeah. um i have to say i was I was feeling touched by your, you know, reflection on the difference between Whitney as a pop star as a black woman and Lady Gaga as a white woman, because, of course, for us as mm-hmm. black women, we recognize mm-hmm. the difference in that meteoric rise, you know, was probably right. a different right. kind of meteor path for both and mm-hmm. different kinds right. of obstacles. Right. Um, yeah. but I just realized yeah. because I was listening so attentively to your reflections um on the dark side of pop i said that the connection may have been obvious for me but could you just give give the people what they want to know and is why maybe talk about the connection that you have to whitney or or why i you know let's talk about a bit of that mm-hmm. before in your work yeah recently yeah. yeah if you don't mind
2: um yeah no totally i mean i talk about I'll talk about Whitney um, and maybe like the way that she shows up in a work like the audiencing piece that was at
0: PS1. Yes, sorry, I should have um, been more specific. Is what because, I mean? We oh, had yeah. no, no, we had totally. spoken in, generally in your studio, which was amazing years ago. I remember mm-hmm. um, this yeah. I- like just idea you yeah. had about using the legacy of Whitney and something that you loved about it in her voice with lights. But I mean, it ended up being something so major, yeah. but yes, audiencing, I was fortunate enough to experience, but just maybe talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, Oh, why don't I do this? I'll talk about Whitney just in general, because it's like, I feel like this explanation kind of ties into the other places where she shows up. Mm-hmm. Cause it's really, it's like, my two, I have two North Stars, if you will. They're Whitney and Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're both sort of, to me, they kind of represent these possible um, possible ways of the story ending around, like, pop performance. Like, you retire or you die. And so with Whitney, like, I mean, with Whitney and other performers, like, I mean, Prince, Michael Jackson, it's like, they all sort of, they all died it as a consequence of trying to um, get, like, the materiality of the body mm-hmm. to sync up with this image, which is just overblown, like, infrastructure that goes around maintaining that image of the performer is just it's not sustainable Mm. um, because it sort of exceeds the scale and the capacity of the body because it's just so um, it's so linked up and tied into these technologies that are meant to like expand and extend um like, the senses and physical features of the body so far beyond what any, like, single body is capable of. But there, there feels to me like there's a kind of uh, disconnect uh, that happens when, like, like a performer or a physical body is asked to uh, try to maintain just the hugeness of that image.
1: Hmm.
2: yeah so that's why like with the PS1 piece like with audiencing I just wanted to take the figures out completely which is like in most of my work I don't use figures in my work anyway so I was trying to create a piece like a performance that did not have performers um because I really wanted that kind of social relationship That exists between a performer and an audience to be just focused on on the audience, Um, because I do think that relationship in performance is a very discursive one. It's like we, as the audience or as listeners, um, just through the ways that we like receive media and recordings are given to us. It's like the relationship feels very one-sided. Like we're just sort of absorbing these performances or ideas about these figures who are performing, mm-hmm. but it's actually very discursive. It's like listening behavior. As, I mean, you mentioned the YouTube views early on the Lady Gaga album. It's like seeing those numbers indicate something. It indicates one thing, one very specific thing to record labels or producers, which says Lots of people are into this. We should make more stuff like this because it's profitable. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, so I think there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of agency and responsibility around this idea of being a member of an audience. And I know pop music might feel like a a sort of innocuous um, place to start, but I also think it's deeply political. And it's not unlike um, a relationship that, like, an audience in a political sense has to politicians or people who are speaking and addressing them Mm -hmm. in similar ways.
0: I kind of rambled there, but... No, no, I'm just thinking about... No, you're not rambling at all. Um, Because... You know, there's so much in that piece for me and thinking about the power of something like a a pop song. But you're right, audiencing and the you know, the app title of that work. And for those of you listening, this is a piece that happened at PS one. Um I feel like I I was I no, I wasn't pregnant. It was just before before quarantine, was it not? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was February. February, February. yeah.
0: February. Um, yeah. But oh, wow. your your description of it being a the performance too. I mean, mm-hmm. audiencing became the performance, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was yeah. performing in there in a good way. I mean, you're you're just acutely aware yeah. of your relationship to what you're seeing and hearing. Um, yeah. But you're it's so interesting to hear you talk about it like that because I wasn't watching another person or or a quote-unquote performance happening yeah um yeah which was amazing to experience i mean what what does that do then for something like that like what if you were you know if this was going to be your tour and Mm -hmm. audiencing was touring i mean are you gonna lip sync you know do you let it just go without you being present or do you feel yeah. like, do you feel like you're, because for, yeah. you, for me, you were involved in that experience slightly and mm-hmm. um like I, you were there physically, but then that made yeah. me feel a bit more connected to the performance. But how does, does that, maybe it doesn't translate the same. I could be grasping, but I'm just thinking about the idea of that is in some ways your performance. Like, do you feel like you need to be present for things like that?
2: That's a good question. I during that performance, because it happened over the course of three days, so there were two performances a day,
1: mm. there
2: was one where I didn't sit in the audience. I sat in the audience for five and there's one where I sat, I just watched from the sound, like the control booth. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I can say like I felt really, that was a question for me too, is like whether or not I felt like I needed to be present. And the simple answer would be No, I don't feel like I need to be present. Um, But the interesting thing about fitting in all the different performances was that they each felt so drastically different just from the energy in the audience. Mm. They felt so drastically different. It felt like a different piece every time. And I think that was part of the the question for me And even, like, beginning, like, as I was making the work, like, this focus, On the audience. And this might be something that people who perform often already understand is just how much an audience can shift, like the tone of a performance.
1: But Mm -hmm.
2: it really kind of pointed out for me, um, sort of, I guess, what I was really getting at in the first place, which is just the importance of the audience, the significance. Of the audience um, as like another kind of another sort of discursive space where a lot of things happen that affect the the reception of a performance or um, you know the consequences that a performer might endure mm-hmm. just just from like something is seemingly you know simple or easy it's just relationships between other people within the audience who are viewing the the performance taking it in
0: I mean how interesting would it be for me as a fan to if you Mm -hmm. ever did in a performance like this that was live you know quote unquote live but Change, you know the light sequence being different based on the vibe in the room, or yeah, the you know the yeah. mix of the vocal track changing, just like you, just like being a big Dave Guetta. Uh-huh. You're just da- You're just Diplo. You're fucking what's that guy's right. name? What's that DJ that I used to love that did the mashups? Girl Talk. Oh, remember my Girl God. Talk? That guy, yes. Oh man, you're just a big Girl Talk. In PS1, deciding what the vibe is of the mix for that performance. I mean...
2: That's a pretty tight idea.
0: That's not bad, right? I mean, that would be so interesting to see how your vibe changes based on the audience.
2: Yeah. That is a really... That's a really interesting take on it.
0: Also, I thought of... Not that it has a... You know, related in a very obvious way, but... I was thinking of this piece that I love by Pope L called um, Cage Cage Unrequited. And it's where he oh. has the audience engage in with him and they read this John Cage experimental piece. I can't, I'm going to butcher the description of it right now. I shouldn't do that. But oh. it ends up, it, the last time I think it was performed, I think, it may have been performed since then, but there was a performance of it at MCA. Um, okay. And Cool. It's it's constant and it goes. It there were no breaks, so it was like 72 hours long or 48 hours long or whatever. It went overnight, oh, but wow. audience members would Thank sign you. up to read parts of this co- composition. Um, wow! And so it's also wow. like it's an endurance performance, but familiar. it's wow. it's so it's so awesome and it changes, of course, with not just you know almost like the time of day plus who is reading and you know their tone <laughs> and their vibe um yeah it was just made yeah i think of that oh wow that's
2: great yeah because with um oh i, need to, I have to check that out
0: i'll send that's it to you really, i'll send it very to you it's really good yeah
2: i mean it's interesting that you bring up john cage too because i um yeah so i was thinking a lot about john cage and just sort of his relationship and ideas around silence um, in the context of my own ideas around silence. that I feel like maybe I'm pushing in different directions. But, you know, that four minutes and 33 seconds piece,
1: um, Mm.
2: I think about a lot in terms of the ideas of, you know, kind of like the sonic equivalent of a horizon line for listening mm-hmm. because the way that that works um, and I can describe it for people listening who aren't familiar but it's essentially it's the work where for 4 minutes and 33 seconds the performer sits um, in front of a piano like the scores of the performer sits in front of the piano um, and doesn't play they don't perform they just sit in quote unquote silence but silence in that case means just in action, not playing. Um, and then halfway through the performance, they lift the cover on the piano keys, and then they put it back over the keys, and then uh, there's another you know, however many minutes of silence, and then the performance ends. But the thing about that performance is the way that the audience is sort of, like, as a listener, you are sitting in this room with the other audience members, like, in your group, basically, and you have this point of focus. Like, you have a focal point, which is the performer. Mm-hmm. They're not performing. And so there's this expectation around sound that is never met, so your kind of frame for what you're supposed to be listening to just expands to everything in the room. So it almost feels like everything that you would normally tune out just gets much louder. So there's something about, like, the lack of presence that actually brings your attention to the other things in the room, which is kind of like...
1: Is that not fucking genius?
0: That's just, like, fucking genius. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry, that's how you were thinking about audiencing?
2: Yeah. I mean... It's kind of thinking about audiencing in the sense that, like, because there's not a performer, there's something to listen to, yet there's nothing to sort of focus on. So it brings your attention back into the room
1: in this really sort of, um, I don't want to use the word uncanny,
2: but it brings your attention back into the room or back into, like, your participation or role as a
0: member of the audience. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean that piece There's makes you ten. so. It makes you. It's yeah. it's intense. Your like audiencing is intense, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know it's figuratively, like but workout. also but also your piece. Yeah, I remember. I don't know if I said it to you or someone else there. I think I said it to you, but because you're so acutely aware of what your body and mind are doing while you're sitting there listening or maybe for some they're not you know i i, I shouldn't generalize yeah but there was yeah. a moment in the experience for me where i could not stop focusing on the fucking security guard because mm. i i kept feeling oh, like i was yeah. getting to a moment yeah. i was like getting to a moment of zen or maybe you know and that's so interesting to uh-huh. hear you say it. it's like i don't know what moment that is maybe that's not a moment of zen maybe the uh-huh. fact that i can't reach it is yeah. a part of the experience but he would move at the most yeah. annoying moments like and he was next to the exit sign and oh, it was the yeah. only distracting it was the only light that was not light coming from your piece um, and for those of you who are unfamiliar I'll describe it a little bit too but you're Nikita and created this piece that sort of envelops you with sound and light um, and you're sitting within and under this structure that is loose, loosely formed, um, in terms of like it's not a solid structure with walls, so you can see other things beyond yeah. this invisible cube that you're sitting in. And one of the things that I could see beyond was this exit sign with the security guard under it, who was bored as fuck. He didn't care about the about the peace, and I don't blame him. He's making minimum yeah. wage standing in yeah. in the PS1 dome. Right. But I kept thinking to right. myself like, yeah. and he sometimes he would take his phone out. Oh, I remember you telling. And I was like, yeah. dude, you're ki- yeah. you're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. anyways, that's just, but that's interesting that because becomes- that makes me, that's such a, that's such a etched memory, which is also part of that experience, right? I mean, I'll never forget yeah. my, yeah. Pr- how I felt and I was very present in that, in that audiencing role that I was playing. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. oh, you're so smart. Yeah, that's, that's such a smart piece, man. I love that piece. It's <laughs> so smart. It like, thank you. Thank you. I was so.
2: I was like really. I I can't recall the last time. I've ever felt so excited and so horrified. <laughs> the thing I've made before because it was just like. Totally different territory, but it's also, like, this is what I've been fucking talking about this whole time. I need to actually get the audience involved, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or, like, have an audience, at least, like, an audience that is time-based, you know, or is, like, framed by the 45 minutes um, of the performance, because Mm -hmm. I'm used to, you know, when you're working in, like, a gallery studio contact like the audience the the audience is dispersed in a way like it kind of happens; it accumulates over time
0: Mm -hmm. um
2: so yeah it's a very different relationship
0: i thought that was interesting too coming in the time the duration of the piece Mm -hmm. initially my reaction was like oh bold move that's a long that's you're you're really you're demanding a lot of your audience right now you know to be totally frank but i mean i'm sure you've heard it before but yeah Yeah. the genius of it is it wasn't like that's what happens though once you fall into it's almost like a moment of meditation where you hit the you hit the rhythm and you stop paying attention to how much time you've been sitting there yeah and then before you know it it's like the first five minutes feels like 15 minutes forever (laughs) but then you hit moment 42 and it feels like you've been sitting there for one second and then before you know it it's over and you're like oh no what it's been 45 minutes um yeah i think about that a lot in when i am putting a show together or even looking at shows that someone else curates i don't mean to belabor popel i seem to be i reference him all the time but whatever i i've he's my favorite i mean i've referenced him in other Episodes of this limited series already, but yeah, um yeah. when I curated him an in Invisible Man at Marchos Gallery, oh, yeah. and he made this fountain, yeah, yeah. this upside down fountain piece that was dripping into the floor. Oh, oh, He's a God. genius, and but it was timed right; what? he had a timer on it, oh. and it dripped. It went through a series of drips every two and mm-hmm. a half minutes, and he was very specific okay. about that. And I asked him why, of course, and he said mm-hmm. because he always remembered this museum study and it, it sounded, I remember it being feeling kind of antiquated. Like he was referencing something that mm-hmm. some, maybe there was a publication or a museum put out in like the nineties. Not that mm-hmm. the nineties is antiquated anymore, but anyways, it felt like right. some museum <laughs> report that used to be accessible. Okay. That was like some bound museum report okay. of census things or something. Okay. Um, gotcha. And they took, they real they, they put out this, um, I don't know if it was a survey whatever findings conclusions mm-hmm. that the average person will only spend five minutes in any one gallery and for the museum that meant any one clear clearly defined space and it was oh. you know five minutes average that's and that's wow. across the board so he said wow. like this is what I'm saying you guys are fucking geniuses Every two and a half minutes, it would start to drip. And he'd say, so at least everyone gets to see it drip once if they're in the gallery. Man, that's fucking so right? right? That's really uh, good. So smart. I mean.
2: That's really smart.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. really
2: smart. I mean, I'll tell you about the, the um the logic behind the forty-five minutes.
0: Yes, please. Too,
2: which is that—that's like the average length of a
0: music album, oh. and nobody listens to albums anymore. So it feels like this lost. It's almost like a lost, um,
2: like reference to time. Mm-hmm. It's like this lost, type of like relationship to duration. It's just that like album duration. Remember
0: listening to albums yes, of that? course I remember having conversations yeah. about your desert island albums and of course you pick the ones that you don't ever want to oh, yeah. skip songs yeah. right yep. I mean yeah. I, I also remember yeah. I'm a huge I love that you brought this up and it makes total sense that 45 yeah. minutes is the number um, yeah but I have a a real you know physical disdain for artists younger artists musicians now who Put out sure. albums that are like some kind of fucking epic. No, they put out an album I that's like, like an epic trilogy, that. you know. And yeah. before they have yeah. one album, they have one that comes in three parts. And I'm like, what the are fuck? Are you talking
2: about bass Are you talking about
0: Lil B? I'm talking about I'm everybody. Talking, I'm, I'm talking, just talking just about thinking. art, <laughs> even artists that I love. Right? Sure. Lil B. Also, right. remember when Drake? Right. What was that album? Drake? I love Drake. Okay, just for the record. Oh yeah. Haters I mean, beware! Like, I'm a huge you Drake gotta, fan. You gotta, represent toronto i mean you know i i'm I'm also just i'm gonna be a super stickler i'm in love with good music making okay folks drake's a fucking hit maker he's a he's he's smart he knows how to make a tune he's always in his feelings feelings. and he and he made people realize that being in their feelings was also okay like look how many people have followed him but i digress when drake put out what album was it um views no I can't remember which one, but Uh-oh. it was so fucking long. It had like, it was a really long one. I think it right? had like twenty six like songs like, or something. Yeah. I mean I'm pretty sure
2: it was used. I don't wanna look it up, but I remember yeah, I feel like Fuse
0: was the long. We won't one. look anything up. This is just that was, like this the is, most one, right? This is to Never fly know. off the cuff here. We won't look it up. The the listeners can look it up, but yeah. there is a Drake album. Yeah. It wasn't the most recent. It was like two thousand okay. and I wanna say maybe eighteen. Or seven okay. seventeen or eighteen. Um but anyways, when it came out I feel
2: like she's releasing albums all the time. I don't I can't keep
0: up. And and you know, and that's you know, release songs and release albums, do your thing, but uh-huh. keep my keep my attention. There's a genius, you know, kids I say kids like I'm not like I'm an old woman, but I think people <laughs> who are people who are making music now for the first time Look up what an EP is, you know, genius album curation of three to six songs. Your money, your money, son. Put out that EP, test the waters. Don't give me 26 songs. I'm a huge Migos fan. Migos' second album was like 36 songs or something. I don't know. I'm exaggerating, but I was like, you guys, I gave culture such so much love. It was so smart. And then you come out with, you're, you're testing me. Especially if every song sounds much. the same. You know, you got it's Murder on much. the beat, Metro Boomin'. Uh-huh. Yep. S- you're not switching it up on for me enough. Beat. Come on, man. Come on. on every beat. You got to keep on it to six songs. You know who's also a genius? <laughs> I'm really, I'm really going, I'm digressing. Young Thug. No, this is great. I love this. Oh, what? yeah. Young I mean, Thug young is a thug, fucking also album genius.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Young Thug. Love Young Thug. Um,.
0: He put out one of my favorite EPs ever in 2018 um, called Mm -hmm. Hear No Evil. And there's only three songs on it. Everyone go and look it up in your Spotify right now. There's three songs on it. The first song is Anybody. The second song is Up. And the third song is Now. So it's Anybody Up Now. It's a little phrase. And I mean, also, I mean. He's, he knows how to make wow, themes. His, I love that. It's so good. Yeah.
2: You know who makes too much music, but who I also really like? Who? Gucci Mane.
0: Oh, that's Gucci a great. Mane. That's that's perfect that's example. That's an Atlanta, an Atlanta it, Yeah, you are. That's right. How could I forget? You I, are ATL. Yeah. Um, I am ATL. We talked ATL. about this. I live in LA, but I'm ATL. You're ATL to the fullest. Did I? I mean... Yeah, We've spoken about both yeah. of our loves for ATL, but you're right. Gucci, I'm yeah. a huge, I'm a, I'm, I'm guap. Like, I fucking love Gucci. I got a tattoo yeah. from the same person yeah. who tattooed Gucci's face. You know, oh I went, God, that's I, I went to Silver Fox Tattoo in Atlanta because I did a little research oh. and found out who tatted his face. And this oh man my. pulled out the same stencil of the ice cream from Gucci's face and gave me a copy oh. of it. And I have it. What? I have the the burr on my finger, and it's from the same stencil. Oh my god! That was a very I didn't nice. know that yeah, that was a pilgrimage I did to Atlanta. I went to Magic City and got tatted by Gucci's tattoo oh. artist. That was my birthday one year. You
2: really, you really, you really figured out the magic
0: formula. It was really good. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> I mean, I went to Magic years. City. I went to you know wow. Waffle yeah, House after. TV, all the strip
2: clubs oh
0: she did everything and then i woke up really hungover and went and got tattooed before getting on the plane and my you know it says burr on my hand Uh, and it's and i have i actually have this the stencil the original um ice cream Uh, coat on my fridge what yeah um
2: oh my god that's amazing.
0: Yeah, I love Gucci, but oh you're God, so right, amazing. though. Perfect example of someone yeah. I love, but stop with those long-ass fucking albums that come out every three months. Yeah. Really.
2: Too many fucking
0: albums. They're, they're not like all I good. It's not I've all, all good. I don't yeah, want to listen funny. to them all. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. Can it can't be. It's all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, Magic City Girl. Let's go back to ATL together. It'll be fun. Yeah, let's
2: go back to
0: ATL. Can we please do that? We'll just do a tour, right? I mean,
2: I'm I'm down. Also, oh, Magic City, Blue Flame.
0: Speaking of good album makers from Atlanta, (laughs) Two Chains. Uh
2: huh. Oh,
0: yeah, classic. Wait a minute. Hold that. Rewind. Rewind. Did you say Blue Flame? Blue Flame. I said Blue
2: Flame
0: the blue flame. yeah okay I thought so I, I was just, just listing other strip clubs I didn't want to gloss over yeah. the fact that you were listing strip clubs <laughs> I was yeah thank you for
2: thank you for recognizing me thank you for seeing me <laughs> I see
0: you I definitely see you we can do a tour we'll do an ATL strip club tour we'll do a tour
2: I'll create um, uh, like a you, know, you can create the little custom
0: google map I'll put little flags on all the places do you like the, the gallery map but the strip club map. Yes, exactly. And you can like, you can pick it up at every every strip club, club at the front desk.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh,
0: there
2: are enough clubs in Atlanta for something like that to actually be viable.
0: For totally. <laughs> totally.
2: So good. The names would probably change every, every six months to the ones where people get shot. Which
0: always
2: happens. But yeah. None of the names
0: stay the same. Well, that would keep you in business, wouldn't it? You'd be reprinting maps every month. It
2: would. Yeah. So, oh, you
0: want to go to that club? The new club that just changed it its club. name last week. When's the last time you were <laughs> the new there? Club that just changed its name. Do you go back often? Wait, me? Yeah. Oh, no, you're just... <laughs> you're just... Not to the not um, to the strip club. Oh my God. To Atlanta. To Atlanta. Oh, to Atlanta. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Good question like what's the last time I went I feel like I'm getting old um, New Year's I, I bring in the New Year's this year in Atlanta? In Atlanta.
0: That's I nice usually,
2: yeah I go there I just go there every time I'm on the East Coast I usually just try to make a quick trip down because my best friend my mom and my brother live there mm-hmm. and a ton of my friends um, so it's always just like a no brainer that I'm gonna stop by there, so I go there I go back there pretty frequently, but it's crazy this is the I think this is like the longest I've gone without being back in Atlanta' because it's been i mean at this point like ten months
0: mm, wow, yeah,
2: yeah, it's really crazy, but I got to see my brother who came up to New York for the p s one thing.
0: Oh, that's great. I saw him in February.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: February feels so far away, though. It was so long ago.
2: I know. I know. Feels like it was. Somebody was asking me about that earlier, and I was like, was that? They were like, was that this year? I was like, God, it was this year. It feels like it was five years ago.
0: I mean, it's going to be February again before we know it, which is sad.
2: I know. Oh. (sighs) Yeah. Isn't your birthday in February?
0: No, in August. Oh, why did I? Choose? I feel like I weirdly get those two months mixed up because there's like a B and a G in them. Oh, that makes sense.
2: There's something about those letters.
0: Also, you can just always remember that I'm um a Virgo like Beyonce. <gasps> oh, <laughs> now I'll never forget. Now um, I will never forget. And Michael Jackson whose birthday. It was just oh, a day wow. before me.
2: Virgo, it all checks out. It's true. I,
0: yeah, I don't don't ask me so what so my so rising so sign if, is. If you're or, into that, if
2: you're into that, I know. I, I feel like New York people hate astrology. No, yes, such a,
0: no, no. no. Okay. You know what? Okay. Maybe, okay. maybe, <laughs> maybe New York people outside of the art world, but I can just. I'm sorry for okay. any one of my friends listening who are art, world and love um <laughs> astrology, but I feel like the yeah. art world that i'm that I know in new york in LA, and l a and around the nation uh-huh. are really into astrology, like really into it I think okay. what happened i don't i feel yeah. like i'm gonna just fuck myself over not having a good i have such a terrible memory sometimes, but somebody for Forgive me if you're listening, and I love you, friend. But I, I'm pretty sure somebody gave me, gifted me for my baby shower, like a complete ast- astrological reading of my for my baby and their birthday or something like that. And I, I feel so guilty saying it in this manner right now like it's not as though i was not appreciative nor and of course i am now but i didn't i don't think i actually remembered until right now and it may have come it may have come in the form of an email forward that i never cashed in on yet it might have been a piece of paper and a card but i remember seeing it now that i'll have to go and look back at it i'm really sorry anyone listening who is the gifter of that but um
2: you gotta do that i want to hear Here. Right, but I'm kind
0: of afraid to because about. I I don't want it is it going to be too um <laughs> is there is there is is my baby's life going to be overdetermined? Oh but maybe maybe because I I'll know too much. Like I'll, know. I'll read into things oh, too right. much.
2: Maybe it's like one of those I like the readings where they're kind of they're like suggestive and they tell me they give me enough information to indicate that they like understand my past and my history because Mm. then like they can make sort of like really light allusions to things without getting too specific you know like they can say they're difficult there's some difficulty or conflict ahead
0: that sounds like a scam that sounds like going yeah, to the I mean, that sounds like going to the I went I'm to one of those aura readers in Chinatown, okay? Full disclosure, $20. Oh. You get your polaroid and it says your aura. My aura was red, oh. and you know what they said to me, "You're tired and you, you work really hard and you're you're very tired and you should take okay. care of yourself." It's like, of course oh you want to hear somebody tell you you're fucking working hard and you should take care of yourself. That's what my aura says to you. That's for 20- a scam. And you think and the, and I'm sorry, but like sure. astrology yeah. is not a scam. Come on, <laughs> it's like reading a, a yeah, it's I mean, like, like reading a fortune but cookie. To,
2: but like they have to give me they have to give me information that reflects that they know about historical stuff. So if they say something really specific about something from my past, then I can say, okay, you're legit. Tell me what you have
0: to tell me. Fair, I'm I'm being be I'm being. All in the same city, you know? Yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate here just for the sake of <laughs> yeah. entertainment. I I no, I, I wouldn't it. I wouldn't mind having my astrological signs read and explained to me more. You know, with my like rising mm-hmm. and all of those things. Right. I don't know. I don't know that, and I should. I think oh, yeah. it's it's it should be clear that I give some weight to this because I'm fearful of yeah. it over determining my expectations for my son so I don't want to know or something right. but oh, yeah. if yeah. I get it done I'll let everyone know what is in store for my Leo Please baby do.
2: oh my gosh how is
0: he he's so good oh my yeah. god um oh, my god. and also just so you know so I'm cute. just like an aside I don't I'm not planning to I told you like include all of this banter so just we can just keep oh, yeah. talking yeah but um okay, I, cool. I might though full disclosure too I don't know but I'm just saying we can okay. keep talking but okay, cool. um okay. he's so cute yeah. he it's so yeah, crazy yeah. to um watch something that came out of your body <laughs> mm-hmm. like sorry for anyone mm-hmm. listening that this is too real but This nigga came out of my body
1: yeah
0: he He walks around sometimes sometimes I'll just be like having a drink and I'm like look at this little nigga like I'm I'm just I can see myself (laughs) being this weird mom you know I'm like Mm -hmm. I mean bitch you came out of my you came out of my uterus you know and now you're walking around on my living room floor bringing me your water sippy cup and telling me that you want me to pick you up it's wild it blows my mind he's wild you're like watching this thing you created this person you created Uh become like develop their personality you know he went from just being an alien person who can't communicate and is just just crying a little blob to really forming their own his own ideas and Discovering yeah. the world, and you know you you figure out that mm-hmm. you know right now they love trees and airplanes mm-hmm. he can mm-hmm. hear an air he can hear an airplane anywhere in the house or outside he is he's he's identified what that over that um that sound is, and now he just yeah. can't not hear it, which is crazy to witness you know it's fucking crazy oh, so he's cool. so he's so dope, it's really.
2: How old is he now?
0: Awesome. He's 14 months. Oh,
2: wow. Wow. That's so, time goes by so, it's so fast. so
0: fast, man. So fast. It
2: goes by so quickly. I remember my best friend from college, um, I had gone over to her house, like, last year to have um, dinner with her family. And mm. she had the baby, and we just, like, hadn't seen each other since she had the baby but she would send me photos and when I got to the when she opened the door this little child came up to me and started saying my name and I was just like this is not your baby your baby is like four months old he's definitely just not his to be saying words And it just freaks me out, like, how quickly time had passed that this little person was already walking around
0: saying words. Yeah, it's happened so fast, man. And, you know, it's sad that not just for my baby, but for so many across the Uh world, you know, their reality Uh with the pandemic feels so scary. Yeah. I mean, you know, he hasn't yeah. been able to see yeah. any family members since I mean, the uh, last time the last time we had family visit. I mean, it's been months, you know. I mean, he yeah. wasn't he definitely yeah. was barely crawling and definitely not walking the last time my my mother saw him. Wow. Um Wow. Man, wild. And he also has to experience yeah. all new humans with masks on. Uh, So he spends eight hours a day at daycare with these Uh wonderful teachers who I I really love, actually. I can't say more nice things about them. I feel very connected to them. That's great. Of course, I chose one that has three black women who I feel Uh I want to raise my child. That's Um, that's great. But he has to be with them. They're wearing a mask for eight hours. He can't see their facial expressions. He can't see their mouths moving to formulate words. I mean, it's a whole new generation of, of kids not sure, sure. learning by seeing because they can't see people's faces yeah yeah. that's just oh, an that's interesting I mean. aside to things that I reflect on
2: yeah the implications of that are really I mean we don't even know but it definitely feels like something Mm-hmm. but I hope doesn't go on for too much longer God, me too who knows man Ugh. But I mean, the cool thing about having a kid is that you have this little time marker, right?
0: Yeah, for real. You're
2: You're getting older.
0: I know. And
2: and it's just his height.
0: I know. Height, weight. (laughs) I mean, you're given, you're reminded every um, month or a few months as they get older because you're, you know, obligated to get these doctor's visits and forms filled out. So every time you hit a benchmark you are reminded it's like, Oh, <laughs> we're approaching fifteen months. We have to get this wow vaccine. Yeah. Or, you know, we're approaching two yeah. years. It's oh, like, Oh man. shit. It's been two years. Yeah. Oh. That's so wild. Yeah. Is your dog sneezing They're or happy. barking? He's
2: just barking. He does this thing where he doesn't fully bark, he just cuffs. So he doesn't have to fully bark. Which just expresses that he's he's smart and conserving energy (laughs) yeah he is conserving energy that's a good point yeah he's just like I just want to express myself without having to fully go yeah
0: yeah Yeah. so just pat him on the back for being a smart dog and just let him grunt it's totally fine
2: sometimes I'll say thank you Rufus like when the mailman comes Mm -hmm. and he just goes nuts and starts barking I just say thank you, Rufus. Now he wants me, he wants me to play with him. Aww. He's being such a baby. Come here, Come here. Now he wants me to play with him. Cute. Okay, I'll play with him a little bit.
0: Well, In you here. can play with him. We can wrap okay. up, anyways.
2: Um, I mean, I'm cool with whatever. But I can explain. I can explain where his name comes from. Sure. Or at least the joke that we tell people is. Um. You say Rufus as in Shock and Khan,
1: yeah, Not
2: as in Rufus Wainwright. But, like, uh. he was like, he belonged to this musician, Anna Oxygen. Um, like, she saw him basically, he got hit by a car, his hind legs were broken, his back was broken, and he was in cast for a really long time. Mm. Um, and Anna like nursed him back to health and then. Unique, like, sobbed Rufus. Rufus was sitting on Anna's lap during a noise show that she was performing. Mm. And Veronique, after the show, was just like, that dog is so chill. And Anna says, do you want a dog? And that's how Veronique got Rufus. Mm. But I don't know the logic behind why Anna named him Rufus. But Veronique and I just say,
0: Rufus is in shopping and Bob is in Wainwright. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite really- songs of all times is Through the Fire, Shaka Khan.
2: Oh. You know okay. That that
0: song is fucking fire.
2: Shaka Khan is just she's
0: amazing. She's
2: amazing. I love her.
0: She's such a she's so fucking good. She's
2: good. so sassy. She's so sassy. I saw this interview recently where she was talking about how much she hated Kanye West for fucking up her song she literally said fucked up my song she doesn't like through the wire she hates it she doesn't and I was like she doesn't like it but you know what this is I mean I really love through the fire I'll say that I won't get into too many details but I think there is something to be said about like being able to own your masters so that you can just make sure stuff like that doesn't happen because obviously she's not the person who granted them permission
0: to you obviously not yeah um yeah yeah an aside sort of bummer um Mm -hmm. related slightly to kanye i guess but And this is not, most of this, the end of this conversation won't make the podcast. Don't worry, I just want to update you. (laughs) This episode has been brought to you by Akita Gale and created by me. Thanks for joining. It's Lucy!